Hello, this is Grad School Grad, a podcast about public policy international relations graduate programs in the United States. So going on to season two uh, and talking about things to prepare for for grad school, um, this episode, I want to talk about preparing for a financial strategy. Um, And this is very shockingly, I think one of the things that grad students in policy and uh, IR just a lot of times don't do well at planning this and oftentimes fall flat on their face. Um, most, uh, I would say many times, because in all honesty, people come from some level of means, um, they end up fine. But I think the people that really uh, have problems not failing for a financial strategy sufficiently are those who come from less means. Um, so this is especially important for dumb. Um, but honestly, it's important for everyone, whether you come from means or don't come from means. It's just smart to plan financially so you could uh, have a good control of your financial situation. So the way I want to paint this is that you know everyone has their own financial situation going on and their own preferences. But I want to paint the big picture of what I see a lot of times are competing demands. Uh, I would say, on average, from what I've seen uh, among graduate students, usually whatever students have set aside as their budget outside tuition, um, they end up increasing that usually by at least 50%, sometimes even doubling it when they come to realize the total costs of going to grad school. So I think it's good if I just break down the costs. I'm going to start with you know general costs. This is easy. The general costs are really like tuition, um, and that's whatever cost tuition is, minus any scholarships, tied to tuition, uh, housing. Um, sometimes that's within your control, depending on like what quality housing you get, um, or you know you sometimes get free housing tied to a grad program. You know, everyone has their own situation, and then transportation. Um, you know this also fair amount of variation between walking or having a bicycle or some people have a car, you know, this varies greatly. But I think the juicy thing to talk about is to talk about what people often don't appreciate in terms of cost. And that's the hidden cost of going to grad school. So let me just break down some key things. Um, the first thing is social hidden costs. So there are, depending on grad school, but I would say most grad schools have, uh, in policy and IR, have a fair amount of school-oriented social events that require money. Um, so money can be made such as tickets, uh, could possibly mean drinks that you're kind of like socially expected to purchase, or maybe maybe fees as part of the experience. Um, and these are things like balls, uh, social activities, festivals, um, People can get really creative with it, but there are lots, sorts of, all sorts of interesting social activities uh, across school. It could be uh, things related to clubs. Uh, even a potluck dinner or a picnic requires money. You have to buy groceries. Um, sometimes they rent out a bar, rent out a venue, and do things. And if you want to partake, you have to pay, pay part of it. So this is one of those things that um, there is some cultural variation, but there's definitely some uh, policy or international relations grad programs that, shall we say, have more expensive events, and then there are schools that have less expensive events. 
But if you want to get the most out of your social experience, it's professional or sometimes you get even academic experience out of grad school, you don't want to miss out on on all the events uh, or you don't want to miss out on too many events. I'd, I'd recommend people go to like some of them. But just, just understand, it costs money. Then there's eating out. And this, this ties to social, just like, hey, a good way for people to bond is just to uh, bond over uh, sharing food. And, I mean, depending on where you are, it might just be logistically difficult to just cook and share food with others indoors. I've seen that done plenty of times, of course. But especially if it's a bigger group, there's something to be said about like a large restaurant experience or an intimate one-on-one -one lunch experience. And you know, eating out, let's go add to money. Um, then there's entertainment. So entertainment is actually a very, very wide category. Um, this could be something as simple as taking a personal trip to hike a mountain, uh, going skiing with friends, uh, going to a concert, um, all sorts of personal things. Uh, even if they're low budget, they eventually add up. And this, this is also something that socially, uh, well, the social aspect that a lot of students don't count their budget for. Lastly, uh, depending on grad program, there could be trips that pay into. Um, it was really sad to see people who were really qualified, really well-deserving for whatever reason, could not uh, afford trips that probably would really elevated um, both your social experience and to a certain extent their academic experience. I mean, different schools have different policies, but sometimes there's... Uh, student-organized trips, other times there's school-organized trips, all sorts of things, and missing out on them is missing out on part of graduate school experience. Uh, I personally could not attend some of the trips, actually most of the trips in my graduate school, just because uh, I had conflicts with timing. Um, and, you know, I, I could have afforded them, but I definitely felt that there were fun activities I missed out on. I could bond with my classmates and definitely learn some interesting things. Okay. That's hidden social costs. I want to talk about hidden academic costs. Um, so a lot of times, uh, depending on where you are, there are um, event, events and conferences um, that uh, are, are around that could be very greatly educational and helpful towards your academic learning. Um, a lot of these things have registration fees and they could end up being like $50, $40 or you know, a few hundred or so. Obviously, you don't need to attend every single conference, but some of them might be helpful. Oh, and by the way, if you do attend a conference or event, you might, if it's far away, you have to you know, take a car, fly there, or maybe get a hotel. Again, I don't think, at most, there should probably only be like one or at most two um, events or conferences anybody should travel through in, um, in the entire academic year. Uh, and you, should, you can even do fine without attending any. But I think there's these are academic opportunities that... Uh, if they're there, you know, people should take advantage of them every now and then. Um, and then there's, as interesting as it's called, clothing and gear for academic activities. Um, depending on your program, there might be certain classes or academic adventures that require going abroad for a certain extent. Or uh, for me, you know, I did uh, some, I did this program where I did some environmental cleanup or environmental sh uh, surveys of places. So I had to have some wildlife gear or wildlife trekking and exploration gear for my uh, academics. Um, I mean, to a certain extent, you know, just depending on personal preference, but yes, I have seen plenty of times where due to academic need, people realize they had to uh, purchase 
clothing or gear too for Phil. What did he do? The last uh, hidden cost, which is actually the one people least um, suspect, but creeps up on them the most, are professional costs. Um, a big one here are that people are always shocked to hear about, but totally makes sense they need, is clothing for interviews. Yes, uh, you need clothes for interviews. So, <laughs> and you know, whether male or female, they it could uh, you know be a little bit pricey. Now, you don't need to like you know, absolutely need the finest of everything. You just need something presentable. Uh, and there are ways to thrift store them, but it's another cost to add on. Uh, there's networking events. There's a lot. Depending on where you are, there could be tons of networking events, and networking events also require registration fees or fees, or if, if they don't require fees, when you go into the networking event, uh, you may have to purchase drinks or something like that. Uh, there's membership for professional societies. So I, for example, uh, being a policy student, was a member in the, the public policy uh, society. That was a registration fee. Um then there's like all sorts of subscriptions that you might need to have. Um, for, I, for example, it's smart to pay for annual LinkedIn subscription uh, to find out people you network with. Um, and then other could be other digital things you might need, depending on your policy area, um, to subscribe to uh, or be a part of. Um, I think I was also part of a membership where it was talked about social impact of the city that I subscribe to partake events there. Um, again, you know, you don't have to do everything, but I recommend people do something. And the last thing situation you want to be is where you can't do things because they budget for it. So ultimately what I want to wrap up with is, you know, when you think about your financial strategy, the, the worst idea is to think about the least you could do and what you could pay for um, you do not want to be the person that goes to school and realizes you do the bare minimum and miss on lots of opportunities. Uh, I will always recommend people like think holistically about all the things out there that you want to get involved in. Obviously, you don't need to get involved in everything. There's not enough time to get involved in everything, but sometimes you have to pay your way through. And that's just part of the grad school experience. All right. Thank you very much. Hope this is helpful.